Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Praise the Lord. He is good. And I thank God for uh, the life that we have in his name. And uh, the last uh, five times that we've been together, whether it was Sundays or whether it was Wednesdays, we actually started on a Wednesday night, um, but we've been alternating uh, as we look through uh, the different signs that the Lord Jesus uh, or uh, did that are recorded in the uh, gospel according to um, John. And uh, so he mentions seven signs, miracles that Jesus did. And he also, there's also seven uh, statements that Jesus makes regarding himself, saying, I am, this is who I am. And, um, and, in John 20, verse 30, uh, John, by the Spirit, mentions why the book of John is written. And if I, can I just say this? If you ever uh, want to have somebody uh, read a portion of Scripture and they don't know the Lord, direct them to the, the Gospel of John. And so for the unbeliever, here's what, this is why John wrote and the Holy Spirit inspired John to write. So this is of the Lord. He says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. So Jesus did many, many miracles. But the ones that are recorded in John, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So as we go through the, the, the uh, miracles that were, were done by Jesus that are recorded in the, this Gospel of John, they are recorded for the sake of our faith and the faith of those that may have no faith to hear, and as they hear, and they grab hold and, and that they can have life in Jesus' name. So let me read again. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one. That's what Christ means. The son of God. So he's not just a great prophet or teacher, but he is the son of God. And that believing you may have life in his name. Praise the Lord. So we've been going through uh, uh, the different uh, things we've covered, or tonight we'll have covered uh, five of the, um, the miracles, the signs. And uh, I think we've covered three of the I am statements that he made tonight. Uh, we're going to be going over John chapter 8, parts of it, or portion of it, and also John chapter 9. And... The statement that Jesus makes in John chapter 8, verse 12, and, and nine verse, or chapter 9, verse 5, he says, I am the light of the world. And today, I just want you to know, if there is no sun, you have no life. You can take that physically, or you can take that spiritually. If there is no sun that shines, if a plant cannot have any sunlight, there is not a growth that will take place. 
So the plants on, on the surface, on, the, on our earth, need sunlight. And uh, the same thing with us as uh, having life. To, to have spiritual life, if Jesus is not part of our life, if there is no sun, as in S-O-N, not S-U-N, but S-O-N in our life, we don't have life. There is no life. So uh, I want you to turn to John chapter 8, and we're going we're gonna to read through from chapter 1, or from verse 1 uh, to verse 12. Uh, let me just read verse 12 before I start with uh, the, this scenario. It says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So here Jesus is talking to a crowd, and there's an incident that happens as he begins to talk to this crowd. There's an incident that happens that is very extreme. And then he ends off uh, this incident, if you would, with this statement, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life, to have life come, to have light, to have life through Jesus Christ. All right, so John 1, verse 12. Um, John, sorry, John 8, verse 1, and I'm recognizing here that I've, I'm missing some of mine. It's cut off, so let me just pull this up quickly um, from verse one. <clears throat> Sorry about that, folks. All right. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a, a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. So this is not a good situation for the woman. We're not sure where the man is. It's like, where's the man in this? Not sure. I don't know why they didn't drag him out. But they, they got the woman. Now Moses, and who knows, maybe it was... Some, one of their party that had set this whole thing up. Who knows? I'm reading between the lines. We're not sure. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. So the law says, hey, those that are caught or are th th where there's adultery, so basically that's uh, sex outside of marriage. That's what adultery is. So this woman was married and she has sex outside of marriage with someone that is not her husband. So the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So Jesus writing on the ground or on in the temple. So he's in the temple. So it's probably been the dust 
that's on the, the temple stones. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. So whoever is without sin, never sinned, go ahead, you can throw the first, the first stone. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then he speaks to the, this, this, he was in a crowd of people. So those that were accusing her and wanted to stone her have left. The woman is still, is there. Now he begins to speak or continues to speak to the rest of the crowd. And he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, the amazing thing is that of all that were there, I've mentioned this before, of all that were there, Jesus would have had the right to stone the woman being without sin. Jesus was, was without sin. The, the heart of God, judgment is coming. And in fact, Jesus is the one that took judgment that would come against us upon himself. This, this situation took place before he went to the cross. He hadn't gone to the cross yet, but he knew that he would be going to the cross. In fact, all those that lived before Christ, and especially when the law came, so law would have come around 14, 1500 BC when the law was given. And so all of those didn't know the gospel like we know it today. We look back and we know that Jesus went to the cross and he died for us. Back then they didn't have as clear a picture as we have today. Their faith, absolutely, there was sacrifices that were, were going on. And, but there was nothing happening for the 400 years before Jesus came. No more sacrifices. There, before Jesus came and died on the cross, there was a uh, faith that was looking to what was yet to come. And the, the law pointed, everything in the law pointed to the fact that we can't make it. We, we sin and we're, we're in darkness without the Lord. We need the Lord to be a part of our life, to bring us life. And so we look forward to the Lord. From those that were before the cross, they look forward 
didn't understand everything, but they were looking forward to the Messiah. They were looking forward to the Christ coming. Now, this is a bold statement for him to make, for Jesus to make, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Think back to where you were at before you got saved. Talk about the darkness of your daily existence. Even when you think you know where you're going, you recognize, oh my goodness, there is a darkness in my life. I can't see what's going to happen. And even when you think you know what's going to happen or you're planning for the future, truly, uh, physically speaking, when there's no sun, when there's only darkness, it is hard to live. Life There is no growth. There's no life that, that's there. Without Jesus Christ, there is no life. Jesus is the light of the world. And even as he shines, there is a coming or a drawing to the light. I like what, what Jesus said to Nicodemus. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The Lord Jesus, his response to this woman was, I don't condemn you. While she was alive, even though she had sinned, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. She should have or could have been stoned. But the Lord Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. There's life in Jesus. There is forgiveness in Jesus. Only in him can we see, can we see to have life. Now, it's interesting that there's a continuation where there's a, there's a real questioning there's a questioning of Jesus in the remainder of this chapter. But the very next chapter now talks about the healing of the blind man. And the statement again is made that he is the light of the world. So in one, listen, the things about darkness is that usually there's there's negative things done in darkness. And even when you come into the light, it's when you come into light that you recognize, oh my goodness, I'm not in a good place. There's like, you don't see the stains of sin unless you come into the light. And you come into the light of Jesus and you realize, oh my goodness, I am not where I should be spiritually. If a person wants to hang on to their sin, they run from the light. They move away from the light of Jesus Christ. And even sometimes the light of Christ that is shining in us and through us, they, they don't like being around the believer because there's a conviction of where they're at. 
when the light is shining. There's two responses that can happen as a person is, comes into the light as an unbeliever and a sinner. One is, I need to get these things taken care of. There's an th aspect of repentance and a coming to Christ to have life in him. He is the light of life. Or there is a, a complete, no, I'm not going to let go of my sin. And so that you, there's a running away because there's a continuation, there's a desire to continue to sin. That's what following uh, John 3, 16 and 17, it talks about that. Jesus continues to talk about the fact that because they rather love their sin, they, they come to the light and they see that, that they're, they're not in the right position, in the right place. But because they love their sin, they run back to be in the darkness. And the darkness, their life deteriorates. Today, I was on the phone with somebody and talk about, it wasn't a deterioration in their life, but their concern for someone else and a deterioration in this person's life. We're talking extreme without God. Without God. And without the Son, there is no life without Jesus. Now, it's interesting, this thing of darkness. When a person's in the dark, well, when you look at a, or if you would think of somebody or know somebody that's blind, you recognize that a blind person is in a place of darkness. Can't, there's no, everything is dark. This next story or this next, not just story, a, a, a thing that actually happened um, is recorded right after John chapter 8. And right after Jesus says he's the light of life, now is this situation uh, regarding a blind man. So let's read John chapter 9 from verse, from verse 1. It says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So there's this indication of, of who Jesus is and the fact that that as he is here on this earth, uh, there, is, there is life. And even uh, after, because of the time that he was here, what he did while he was here, and especially uh, just before he left this planet, going to the cross was the, the greatest thing to bring life that could have been done. So when he had said these things, I'm the light of the world, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. It's like, oh, man, this guy, from the time that he was born, was born blind, in the dark, can't see. And here now, he's seeing. 
if we read through the rest of, of or a good chunk of this, the rest of this uh, chapter, the Pharisees are again questioning. They question, as they, this person is, is now seeing, they question, who, how are you able to see? Well, there's this man that, that told me to, you know, to go wash my eyes in the pool. And, and uh, I, anyways, I did what he asked me to do, and now I can see. They ask his parents, because they didn't like the answer that was given. They asked his parents, and then they came back to him to ask him. And, uh, but there was this questioning about seeing. It's like, why not? I know, I know we would all, perhaps we'd be in the same place question, how, man, how did that happen? And then there's a response. Do I accept the, this miracle as to how it happened, or do I reject? And here we see uh, in verse 35, John 9, 35 to 41, we see true vision and true blindness. So even though you might have people have eyes to see, if they don't recognize the Lord Jesus, they are blind. As we recognize Jesus Christ, we believe in him, our eyes are open. And, and look at yourself. When you gave your life to the Lord, before you gave your life to the Lord, you might have thought, well, yeah, I see. I understand. I see things, and I've got two eyes. I can see. But there was something that happened when you gave your life to the Lord. It's like your eyes were open to, to understand as you believed in Jesus. Now, let's just read this passage here. The Pharisees did not believe Jesus in who he was. This man who was blind, I like the fact that not only was he seeing now physically, but he, he recognized who Jesus was. And we'll see that in this passage. So from verse 35, John 9, 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, this man. So after they finished talking, they cast him out. Get out of here. And when he had found him, when Jesus found the man, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, who is he? Who is the son of God, Lord? Just addresses him with, uh, with respect. Who is the son of God, Lord? That I may believe in him. I want to believe in the son of God. And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you now. I am the son of God. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. When we believe in Jesus, there is an opening of the eyes to see. I believe in Jesus. It's at that point where we start to have life. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. 
Basically, there's going to be an accepting or a rejecting of Jesus Christ. It is critical. In fact, my concern always, uh, especially as, if someone is dying, my first thing is, are they saved or not? If they're not saved, they're not ready to go, that they would hear about Jesus and believe, that they would be made ready. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Basically, yeah, your sin, the sin of not believing, of rejecting, in that there is no, they have no life. There is no life. There's no forgiveness of sins. There is no life because they don't believe. So, I want to I expand on this because the statement that was made to the woman, now, she was doing things that, whether it was a setup or not, she was in agreement with, with what was happening or what happened between her and this, this other person, this other man. And it says that... Um, when he had finished that he didn't condemn her, he says, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This aspect of following. Now, I, I want to expand on this, this aspect of following because uh, when it comes to our lives, we are not just in one place, in one position. There's a moving forward. We're, we move forward. We should be moving forward. And the Lord Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. There's this thing of movement because the Lord Jesus leads. We don't just stay in, in one place necessarily. There is a moving forward. And as you know in your life, things don't always stay the same. But as we follow Jesus, we have the light of life. To be able to see where we're going, we may not know all the details, but we're in the light. So as we are in the light, we can, we're, that light, the light of Jesus, the light of life, we have life then as well. So this thing of following Jesus, I want to focus in on this. I want you to know Regarding um, seeing and having life, it starts the moment that we give our life to Jesus. As we receive Jesus, as we are born of God. And I just want to read this quickly. Uh, you know this passage in John 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this and we'll recognize that it's Jesus. Jesus is the word. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him. Nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. So we recognize, so we're, we were talking about the light of life. Jesus, if we follow him, he's the light of life for us. To have life. 
that fullness of life. It's like, yes, zoe, an abundance of life. That's what God desires for us. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This was John the Baptist. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. So he's saying he's pointing to, to Jesus as the light and that all through him might believe. He was not that light. John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this thing of as we receive Jesus Christ, we are born of God. It is at that point that we begin to have life. When we're born, there's life. And it comes as a result of receiving Jesus. So it's the moment that we are born again, as we believe in Jesus, that we begin to have life. But as we move on, that there would be changes. There should be things added to what we believe in and who we believe in. And so I want you to turn quickly to Second Peter 1, verse 1 to 11. And just as a plant needs light for growth, so we need to have light, that there's a growth, there's a continuation of growth within us, that we don't stay the same. A baby... That remains the same, remains a baby. If there's no growth taking place, even in the first few weeks, there's a concern by the parents, there's a concern by the, by the doctors. Hey, why isn't your child growing? What, is there something wrong here? They, they, there should be an adding of weight and size. And um, just the other day, we were, I was holding my nephew niece's uh, little baby girl and it was like this is I, I held her you know just a few weeks after she was born and now a number of months later what a difference in this baby there's been a development there's been a growth that's taken place and so now there's a, a this this thing of of being aware of the surroundings. And so not only being aware, but uh, it's amazing how the, the crazy things that a, a, you know, a four or five month old baby can make, what they can make an adult do. Like the sounds that you might start to make just to get a smile or trying to get attention. So you make these weird noises and whatever to try to get a smile, elicit a smile. Once you get a smile, so you, you keep making that, those noises and just being silly. Um, there's, there's an awareness on their part and, and there's a, a responding back and forth 
because there's growth and development. Now, we see this in the physical. Usually by three months' time, a baby's weight doubles. And it's amazing how, how many roles a three-month-old baby can have on their, on their feet. Like, if you had rolls on your feet, it's like, okay. Um, but a little baby, three months of age, the rolls throughout their body as they've, there's a development, there's growth that takes place. And I'm focusing on us spiritually from the time that we were born again. In this following of Jesus, the thing of the light of life means that there should be development growth in us as children of God. Is there a development within us? Are we growing in the Lord? Are we becoming more mature? And so in 2 Peter chapter 1, this, we started with this aspect of faith and believing as we believe. The, 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 the thing of the Pharisees, they didn't believe. This blind man, he believed. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe. And there was a seeing. There was life that was coming to this man. Uh, newness of life. Going from being in darkness to being in light. Not just physically, but spiritually. Praise God. Look what it says. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Now listen. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us. How? By the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So it's through the righteousness of God. And what is the righteousness of God? It was displayed through Jesus Christ. And his righteousness being perfect is imputed onto us by faith. The moment we believe in Jesus Christ, we confess, Lord, yeah, I'm a sinner. Even in the aspect of unbelief. I didn't believe in you, but I do now. I believe in you. And there's a taking care of all of our sins. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ is put on us by faith in who he is and what he did for us on the cross. You can read of that in in Romans chapter 3, you read of it, of it again in Romans chapter 6, about the righteousness of Jesus that is placed on us by faith. So this righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, there's a, a working together. This is key. This is a foundation. Just like the man and just like the woman that was caught in adultery, Jesus saying, I'm the light of the world. You need to follow me. I'm sure she hung around a little bit longer because Jesus had just spared her from being stoned to death. I don't know if they would have fallen through, followed through with it, probably. But this thing of following Jesus, there's being a growth that takes place. Faith is the beginning, is the foundation. And it goes on to say, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our, our Lord. So the Lord wants to, that there is, there's a, a multiplication, there's growth, there's development of grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, of Jesus our Lord. To know what you know, hang on to what you know, 
that the grace and peace of God would be multiplied to you. This like precious faith that we all that we have. Let it be there be a, a multiplication of grace and peace as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, a respecting and a reverence of God, but to, to have life. There's a growth. God wants for us, the Lord Jesus wants for there to be a continued growth in us by his power, not by our power. So as we follow Jesus, he desires for there to be changes in your life and in my life on this foundation of faith. And as uh, his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life now and godliness, which is the, an attitude that we have towards God, it's a thing of respect and reverence. If you look up this word, it's, it's not our good works, but rather it's our attitude, how we view God. It is one of respect and reverence. That's what godliness means. So oftentimes you say, well, godliness is mean I'm being godly. It's, no, it's what's your attitude? What's your view of God? Is it of respect and reverence? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, his glory, his virtue, and he's calling us, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So he's saying that we can become more and more like Jesus in, in the development, in our development to be partakers of the divine nature, his nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The world is all about the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's how we op operate apart from God before we came to the Lord. And it is a thing of corruption, of that which is not good, which is corrupt, and is of decay to those that are in darkness, to those that don't believe. They're in darkness. They don't see. Their mind, their heart has been covered by the darkness. So now, and I, I want for you in the next few verses to, to say, well, how can I grow? In following Jesus Christ and this foundation of faith, my faith stays in him, how do I grow? So, it gives seven things here that, we're, that we should grow. And it's by his power in our life. What he wants to do in our life. And so there's this aspect of, I need to continue to believe. I need to continue to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That he would be Lord of my life. Not that I'm Lord. Lord, I'm going to follow you. And these are things that we add. This is what the Lord is saying. You can add this. Here, add this to your development. So let's go quickly through this. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence. To be diligent about something means I just don't 
eh, whatever, I'm not doing that. To be diligent is like, like I, 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 because I, I've got different things that happen and, and I need to be diligent about them, I put them on my calendar for the next day or whenever it's, it's applicable as a reminder. I can't forget this. I need to be diligent about taking care of this matter. There's some things that you say, ah, it's not that important, so, you know, if I don't get to it, it's all right. The Lord is saying, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add to your faith. The thing that saved you, that God gave you, got you life, your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us, add to it. So what do we add? We add virtue. You say, what is virtue? By definition, it is moral excellence of thought up here, what you're thinking, of feeling and action. So moral excellence has to do what is right and wrong. So the things that are right of thought, I need to watch what I'm thinking. That it would not be a free-for-all. Just, you know, you hear people saying, uh, went down a rabbit hole. I'm going down a rabbit hole. It's just like something's come to my attention, and now i got to look into it, and so I go down this rabbit hole, and sometimes it leads all over the place, and sometimes it's, or these things are not necessarily good. Those things that are not good, then of thought, I'm pushing that. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to think on these things. I'm not going to look into it, but that there's a moral excellence of thought and feelings, our soul, and even the things of the flesh, that there, would be, that there would be a morality about it. And the Lord is saying, this thing of faith, and I, I think all of you know, there have been changes in your life since you came to the Lord. You recognize, you know what? I don't do the same things that I used to do. And even when it comes to my thoughts now, some of the thoughts that I used to think that I was totally okay with, now I st it's like, oh, if those thoughts come back, I recognize this is not good, this is not right, and so we cut it, we shut it down. And so there's an adding to your faith of virtue. And it says to virtue. So this, let me just say this, this happens almost immediately without any knowledge of God. You just give your life to the Lord. You heard the gospel. You respond to the gospel. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, man, I've been forgiven of all my sins. And there's a, a great feeling and of, of just of being washed clean. I'm clean before the Lord. And I just, I don't even think or I, I choose not to do the things or the things that I used to do as habit. They come up again. And I was just like, I shouldn't be doing that. I don't even want to do that. Sometimes there's temptation that comes, but there's a change that's taking place in you as you begin to follow Jesus. There's a growth and development that's taking place. And it happens even before a, a, a knowledge of God. But it says, add to your virtue knowledge, knowledge of God, knowledge of his word, to hear who God is, to hear about God, to hear about Jesus, to hear know the Father, to know the Son, to know the Holy Spirit, and to know the Word of God to us. That's the knowledge that we would, should be adding. Lord, that I would take in your Word. Tonight you're taking in the Word of God. There's an adding to your virtue, this thing of knowledge. And it says to knowledge, add self-control. So hear this very, very, as we continue to 
get to know the Lord and know of the Lord, now there's this thing that, that we need to add as well, self-control. There's a control over your desires and your passions, especially sensual appetites. To be able to say, you know what? Those things that, that are of, of the flesh or of, the, of passion uh, or of desires, fleshly desires, no, I'm controlling those things. And the Lord is saying, absolutely, I want to put into you this, this thing of control. We just don't do whatever we feel like. We don't, I like what Paul says, there's a crucifying of the flesh. There's a crucifying of the flesh with its passions and desires. I like this. And so the Lord is there to help us in the things of, of our, our desires or passions, especially our sensual appetites where there's a thing of, well, I, I need this or I have to have this. No, you don't. There's things that are controlling you. Those are things that, no, I shouldn't have things that, that are controlling me that I have to have. Self-control. And to self-control, we add perseverance. It's the ability to carry on, to endure. And the Lord is saying, I want you to know these things, you add to this foundation of your faith. The Lord is saying, let there be a development. Let there be a development in your life. Let there be a growth in your life to become more and more like Jesus. And to perseverance, godliness. And once again, this is reverence and respect of God. I add this thing of man... I respect you, God. I revere you. I exalt you. I glorify you. Jesus, you are Lord in my life. To put him in a place as Lord in your life, this thing of godliness. And we add to godliness brotherly kindness, kindness towards your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And to brotherly kindness, you add love, a love for God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and, and your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor as yourself. This thing, there's a growth that's taking place within you. There needs to be, and there will be a growth as you continue to walk with the Lord. Because of the fact that he is the light of life. And there will be an automatic growth that takes place. But to be aware of these things, these things can be added, should be added to us. There should be a development. For if these things are yours and flourish or abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted short -sighted even to blindness. We just finished talking about this blind man, to be blind or not, to have true vision or not. And so here... We are short-sighted if there's no growth. Lord, let there be a growth in my life in these areas. And there, oftentimes the Holy Spirit would be pointing them out to you. Areas that we need to grow in. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. Now look at the next statement or the next part of this verse. And has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. If this stuff is not happening, 
there's probably sin coming in and we're, we're getting off track. We're going into darkness. But the amazing thing, is, the other thing is, what is your foundation? Because the foundation, we're talking about our faith being in the righteousness of God, our God and Savior Jesus Christ. That righteousness because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. There is only cleansing of sin by the blood of Jesus Christ. As we repent, we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it is by his blood. 1 John 1, verse 7, 8 and 9. So it all begins, it began with Jesus and his work on the cross. And it continues on. Do not forget. Let your faith remain solid. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble when it comes to life. That's what an awesome thing saying, you know what? You're in the light. You're remaining in the light. Your faith continues always a foundation. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God slain for us. And the Lord is saying, you will never stumble. We don't have to stumble. When you stumble, I don't know about you. Uh, yesterday, I got up in the middle of the night. I was going to the washroom. The lights weren't on. didn't put on the light. And so what happens when you're in the dark? Yeah, man, I whacked this little uh, garbage can with my baby toe. Just caught the corner of it. It's like, so it's like, yeah, oh, my goodness. And it's like, oh, I hope I don't wake up Julie. I don't want to wake up Julie. And, uh, but it, so there was this clattering and, and whatever, and, and I'm sort of trying to very quietly hobble around, <laughs> holding, holding my, my little toe on my right foot. And it's like, we stumble. The Lord is saying here, we don't need to stumble. I just want to say to you, in your life, as you follow Lord Jesus, and there's this continued, your faith stays continual in who Jesus is, how you got saved, who Jesus is, what he did for you on the cross. There's going to be this, this growth that's taking place in your life. There's an there, the opportunity to add to your faith. Add to your faith. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I like this because there's this, this, what should I say? Uh, this thing of not just what we are getting or we're, go we're going to get in for eternity in, in this everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but there's this, this sort of this inferring of as you move there that you will be supplied an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly. So as you move towards this thing of eternity with God, the Lord is saying, I just I want that there's an abundance of life. I'm not saying, once again, that you, you may not have difficulty, you may not have temptations or storms or trials or tribulations. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that even in the midst of it, that there's a, a, an abundance of life. One of the most exciting things is seeing how God works in the storm either to get you out of the storm or to get you through it. Or sometimes in these extreme situations, 
that, that you say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but my faith and trust is in you. And then as we see God move, we see this thing of the abundance. Let me read it again. Just trying to find it here. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly with fullness. It's like, man, God, you are so good. You are so good. Hallelujah. Into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, I've got a ways to go, but you know what? What I'm going to do is this. I'm going to summarize the next 25 minutes into uh, just a few minutes. And I'll just say this. We cannot hang on to what the Lord has done in our life and keep it to ourselves. You have life. We have life. And so the Lord desires for us, and we can read of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and chapter 4, that there's a ministry that the Lord would have us do. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we've been given, we've been forgiven of our sins. The Lord doesn't have to do that, but we, we have received mercy. We do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the, the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Let there be a connecting with others regarding of what the Lord has done. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of God, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So this thing of let us shine. Now, if they reject, in the end, they're rejecting it. There's a veiling saying, I'm not accepting that. But let there be a shining of the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservant, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. And even as we come face to face with Jesus, we can see him in his glory. It needs to be shared. We need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there is a shining of the light of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If people don't hear about Jesus, they will not have life. They cannot have life. That you would be, you and I would be open and sensitive to the moving and leading of the Holy Spirit to touch other people with the light and life of Jesus and that comes through Jesus Christ. That we'd be sensitive and speak about Jesus. Speak about what he did for you. The fact that you have your sins forgiven. You have life in Jesus You've been forgiven. There's, there's a change of direction. There's a change of who you are because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Tell them. Shine. Let your light 
shine. Let the, sh the light of Jesus shine through you. you. The impact you can have on others and their life for eternity. So be that light. Be the light. And the light of Jesus shining through you. But if the ministry of death, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, and we're talking about the Ten Commandments, so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, countenance which glory was passing away. After being in the presence of God and in the, the Ten Commandments being given, and he came down with, with, with the tablets. There was a glory, the glory of God shining on Moses. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? That was the ministry of, of the law, which was glorious. And, and Moses' face was shining to the point where that he... They couldn't even look on him because of the glory of God shining from him. For if the ministry of condemnation, that is through, through the given law, that the law was, a, it was of condemnation, thou shalt, here, keep these laws. If that had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. The ministry of righteousness, we're talking about the ministry of Jesus Christ coming and, and dying on a cross, our sins being put upon him so that we can have forgiveness of sins, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. That's what I'm saying. We need to share the gospel. Unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. The glow was moving away and it was fading. But their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. If we hang on to the Old Testament, the veil is there. If we hang on to the, the law for our salvation but the veil because the veil is taken away in Christ as we turn to Christ but even to this day when Moses is read a veil lies on their heart nevertheless when one turns to the Lord the veil is taken away now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty there is freedom can we stand together But we all with unveiled face, no veils on our face, beholding as, it, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed, we're being changed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord will change you as you continue to trust in Jesus and by the, the Spirit of God, there will be changes taking place as you move forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just, I thank you tonight. There is a work that we need to do yet before your return. Lord, you have placed us 
where you have placed us, in our families, Lord, in our, with our relatives, in our neighborhood with our neighbors, in our workplace with our, our co-workers, Lord, in our schools, Lord, in our colleges and universities, you have put us where you put us to be a light that shines your glory. And Lord, that people, as they are drawn to us, Lord, we can share of you. And so, Lord, I pray that by your spirit, there will be a growth and a development in us. But even beyond that, that it would not be contained to ourselves. This, this uh, abundance leading to the entrance of everlasting life with you. Lord, let there be a, an abundance flowing from us to touch other people's live, lives so that they too can enter in. Lord, so we just submit to you. Have your way in us. Have your way, Lord, that the light of life would be shining through us to others, Lord. Let there be a growth in us. Let us not be stumbling Lord, let us not be wandering in darkness. Let us not be going off track. But, Lord, that we would follow you. Let us follow you in Jesus' name. I pray blessing on my dear brothers and sisters. Lord, I, I thank you in advance for those that will come to know you yet before your return through us. Through us. Lord, I thank you. Lord, with, whether it's within our own families or whether it's within... Wherever it may be where you've put us, Lord, that others will come to know you because of us. We won't keep it to ourselves. We won't put it under a bushel that all can see the light of who you are in us, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Have a great night. And uh, take a little bit of time to enjoy one another before you head out. And we will see you on Sunday. God bless. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.